0: Thank you, Gloria. <clears throat> the Lord has blessed your hands. Good morning, everybody. As the Dean was talking about blessed assurance, that's what I'm titling this this talk today. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. It's a little cooler out there. We pray uh, as we study your word, Lord, that you would just open our hearts. And we, Today we pray for our country, as it's in more turmoil than ever, Lord. We just uh, pray your will would be done in our country. In Jesus' name, amen. How many times have you heard somebody say, rest assured? And they usually follow it by saying, this is going to happen, or this is not going to happen. And usually the opposite is true. What they say doesn't happen, happens. And what they say is going to happen, never happens. How can anybody make a claim like that when you don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow? Nobody knows what the future holds, except, as the saying goes, death and taxes. In the book of James, he talks about a man who had this similar situation. He said, today or tomorrow, I'm going to go to a city in that city, set up a business, make a lot of money, then I'll come, come home later. And the word says, what is your life? You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. How can you say that? He compares our life to a cold morning out in front of the house. When you breathe out, you see the mist. And in two seconds later, it's gone. That's why we always preface this after we say something. Instead, James says, if it's in the word, if it's in the Lord's will, that will do this or that. So Lord willing is another way to say that. But today I'm going to say rest assured with complete confidence, not in me or anything in this world, but only in Christ. We can rest assured in Jesus. And here's a few reasons why. Believers have the word of God, which is clear and concise. It leaves no doubt. You won't find these words when you do a search on your, your iPhone or your computer, like may, might, compromise, it's optional. Those words aren't going to be in there because that's all a gray area, all, a lot of ambiguity. Today we hear a lot of people in the corporate world with the economy going this way and that way, or our politicians, if you've ever heard a debate they, the answers are confusing, they dodge a question, they don't want to take a stance. And you'll hear the question and they'll give an answer that's totally unrelated to the question. And some leaders give responses, they're so convoluted that they're summarized as word salads, if you've ever read that. <clears throat> Here's one. I'm not going to mention any party or any name, but this is a high-ranking official. See how clear this is. Reports that say something hasn't happened are always interesting to me. Because as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknowns, unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> you imagine John 3:16 saying that's how you get saved. I mean, you wouldn't have a chance. So that is clear as mud. There was a study called Upon Further Review. And it looked at 10 recent presidents. They could have picked probably all of them. A mix of both parties. They made major promises to the American people. Two thirds were broken. A few compromises were made and less than a quarter of the promises were kept. And that's no surprise. We all know a lot of those people in those positions talk like that. Compare that to the word, the word of truth. In Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. And are saved in this immoral spiraling out of control world that we live in. These words are so comforting for those who know Christ as their personal savior. Mr. Ironside said of these verses used of God through the centuries to bring assurance to thousands of souls. He died in 1951. I think it was 71 years ago. Yet those words are just as relevant today as they were then. They'll be relevant until he comes again. It said will be saved, not might, not possibly, not depends and not maybe. There's no maybes in Scripture. And of course, when we're saved, we shouldn't just cut it off there. He should become the Lord of our lives. Jesus wants all people to be saved. So that's why the process is not tricky, complicated or confusing. It's written so a young child, when they can understand things, can get saved. There's no ambiguity in that verse. And the door is still open today for anybody who hasn't made that decision to make it. And we want to not just be saved, but live our new life in him as well. He is to be Lord of all. Like I said, rest assured, you won't read that in the NIV or the NASB or any of that. But what does appear... And the King James version is uh, verily, verily. I remember growing up in San Francisco at Parkside Gospel Chapel. And all the speakers used the King James. And in those days, the same speakers that spoke at our church in San Francisco spoke many times here. Carl Knott, Bill McDonald, Roland Hill, Mr. Cuneo, all King James and Hilton. And Rajiv used King James as well. And the word in California is the same as Sri Lanka, it's the same in Spain that Carl uses, Um, it's Spain and same in Ireland where Hilton uses. It's worldwide understandable by all, it doesn't change based on your geography. And so that verily, verily, if you ever see that, whatever comes after it is going to be something very important that we have to pay attention to. The first one is uh, John six forty-seven. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Similar to the verse in Romans, very clear. There's nothing to dispute, no debate. And Jesus said that with certainty. What an assurance that is. When he says it, it's not like any human saying it. We can believe him. It's clear to anyone who is willing to accept it if they want. So today, when we hear, hear, see these verses, we have to ask ourselves, are we willing to do the follow these verses? Another one is in John 5.24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. No condemnation for our sins. No judgment. They have been forgiven. If you just... Read that verse fast. You think you're going to have everlasting life after you die, which is true. But the way he says it, it says has everlasting life. So our everlasting life begins the day we we have believers today have everlasting life today and forever. And it's already passed. We have passed into life that everlasting life. We've already started that. What a blessing that is. Whatever happens to us, there's so much evil going on in the world that whatever happens, we have that assured, everlasting life. And he tells it to you and me. It's a personal message from Jesus himself. He says, I say unto you. He's talking to just a few people there. There's no doubt in these verses. The enemy, the father of lies, will always try to get us to doubt his word. If we doubt any of it, that means we basically doubt the whole thing because it's all true. He won in the Garden of Eden when he got Eve to doubt God, tricked tricked her, who in turn got her husband to buy into that. And they both ate the forbidden food and... Sin was brought into the world and shame. He tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, tried to get him to doubt it, but failed. Jesus has no doubt and cannot sin. When he makes a promise, that's when we can rest assured that it will happen. We hear as much in Job 36, 4. Be assured that my words are not false. One who has perfect knowledge is with you. We can rest assured with that. Why can we why can we rest assured like that? It's because he knows the future and our outcomes. What's going to happen to each one of us? All our decisions, we haven't made them yet. He's going to know the decision we made, be it in his will or not. And that's why it's called blessed assurance. This is not a, a corporate CEO assurance. Or a politician. It's blessed assurance from God himself. And that's why we can sing and believe that song. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God. Born of his spirit. Washed in his blood. It's not the assurance from a person. But the assurance from God. And Dina spoke of her many times. It was written by Fanny Crosby, who, as we know, was blind. What faith she had. She said, it seemed intended by the blessed providence of God that I should be blind all my life. And I thank him for that dispensation. If perfect early sight were offered me tomorrow, I would not accept it. I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things about me. That's pretty amazing. <clears throat> she also said, when I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. That's, that's great. There's a passage in Titus that talks about the blessed hope. That glory divine. How do we get that? It's by the grace of God that we have this blessed hope. To who is this offered? It's offered to all people. What's the benefits of this? The benefits of accepting this offer are endless. And why did he do this? Because Jesus loved his creation so much that he gave himself for us, his people, to redeem us. And the verses I'm talking about are in Titus 2, 11 to 14. For the grace of God that appeared, that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. In this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for him a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And we have this blessed assurance because he is faithful. Getting saved is not a gamble. It's a sure thing. Psalm 33 says, He is faithful in all He does. But putting off getting saved, and we've all, many have been through this, that is high risk behavior. Some people say, Well, and we've heard them all the reasons. I want to wait till I get married, have kids, uh, get this new job. And they might be right. They might live to be 100. I'll do it when I'm older. We don't know. But then they could die tomorrow. And what if they're wrong? And some may want to party for a few years. But as the word says, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow might not come. <clears throat> a little history here. I was uh, pretty active when I was a child. I remember my mom, you know, Brad, sit still. Those type of things. And I hear it from my family today. I have a hard time just sitting sitting there for a long time. I have this thing that I was discovered. We were doing a, uh, a test for the police department. And I was on a, a treadmill. And the guy watching the EKG called the other doctors over. And look at this. Look at this guy here. <clears throat> I have this thing. My heart every beat at rest it does something that it's not supposed to do but as soon as I'm active in, in sports or activity walking or doing any activity my ekg is perfect so I don't know if that has anything to do why I can't sit still but but when it were when this thing goes completely haywire that's basically it for me it, thank God it's never happened but that could be the uh, the beat that is my last beat we just never know and some of you might have conditions as well. There's a lot of heart conditions out there or or other things. So we don't know. And there's another assurance in the word, not the blessed assurance, but it's the assurance that those who do not choose Christ will spend an eternity without Christ. I didn't print those verses, but we all know a bunch of them. So if we don't make that decision, we have an eternity without Christ. And he doesn't want anybody to choose that option, that life, because he loves us all and died for all of us. And here is the life he wants us to have and how we get it. And this is the path. In John fourteen six, it says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Amen.